0: Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who greets us in this and every season, whose word never fails, whose promise is sure. Let, us let the lord be with you and also with you let us pray oh god you are the source of life and the ground of our being by the power of your spirit bring healing to this wounded world and raise us to new life to the new life of your son jesus christ our savior and lord amen
1: it's time for our children's message hey victoria did we change some colors in the sanctuary today? Yeah. Can you turn around and say what colors you see now? Green. Green. And what does the color green make you think about? Salad. About salad? Yeah. How do we get salad? By making it. By making it, and and how do we get the? Ing- what are the ingredients for salad? She is searching through seed packets. <laughs> I think you gave it to sister. Sour? That is That's baby spinach. Yum. yum yum. So how do we how do we get spinach and I think lettuce? Oh yep, there's a good mixed lettuce. Yeah. Lettuce. We get it by grass? Yep. It grows like grass. Yep. Yep. So we're going to plant these tiny seeds into what? Salad. No, we're not going to plant them into salad. We're going to plant them in the soil, in the dirt. Oh, yeah. And then what do they need to grow? I don't know. You don't know? What is that? What do you think that could be? What, what was it doing yesterday that you didn't like? Raining. It was raining. They need rain. And jazz hands apparently. And jazz hands. And what else what? do we need? What's it doing today that we like? Sunshine? Yep. Yeah, so it needs rain and sunshine and... And time. It takes time. The back of these seeds, the seed packets tell us how much time it could take as well. Yep. So why do you think we have a lot of green in the sanctuary during this time? Because salad. Not because salad, because of growing. Oh yeah. Did you know that you grow? No. Yes, you do. You used to be this big. Now you're this big. Do you know there's other ways we can grow? Can we grow to be nicer? Yeah. Can we grow to love more? Yeah. Yeah, we can. How do you think, what do you think we need to grow that way? Do you think maybe good examples? Yeah. And maybe love from God? Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's a time of growth in the summertime to grow vegetables and flowers, and in church to grow ourselves to be nicer, more loving people, just like Jesus. Yeah? Well, we're going to pray now. And we'll plant those when we get home. Are you ready? We have to talk about them. Are they pretty? That's why you want to talk about the flower seeds? Okay, let's pray, and then we'll go talk about those out in the gathering area. You ready? Dear God. Dear God. Thank you so much much for this time of growth. Thank you for the sun to grow our plants, for the rain to grow our plants. Thank you for the time. And the time. Thank you for your love to grow us to be nicer (laughs) people. Amen. Okay. And she's figured out steps. Wow! Wait, wait. I need you to come take steps these. That's
0: so fun. Cool onesie, by the way. I invite you to rise as you are able. Let us together welcome the gospel. Mm. Jesus demonstrates God's mercy and power, accepting the unacceptable and curing the incurable. Even the dead receive new life. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. While he was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute player and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report of this spread throughout the district the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. One of, one of my bedtime listening choices, I, I, I listen to often stories on, um, you know, you can get your Kindle to play out loud on your Alexa. Or your Audible can play out loud on your Alexa. So I'll I'll play stories. One of the things that I listen to when I'm falling asleep is the original folk and fairy tales of the Grimm brothers, Brothers Grimm. Uh, And by original, there you know the same the folk Grimm's fairy tales were published five times. There was the 1812, it's called the 1812-19 version because it was printed volume one in 1812 and volume two in 1819, but that's considered one version. And it gets, in subsequent versions, it gets refined and um, clean. First of all, some of the stories get, a lot of the stories get cut out. A lot of the stories get Christianized. Um, Some of them just get, get pulled together as more cohesive stories. And so the, I think 1856 was the final version, something like that. When the final version was published, it's the story as much as we know them and tell them now. And for those of you who think that the, the Grimm's fairy tales are, are kind of violent, yeah, look at the first set. Because they are grim. Um, and, and the original purpose, of the Grimm brothers was to collect collect these these tales that were tales of the people. They were really the 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 folks, folks tales, and they they were just trying to collect them. Okay, so they're pretty grim, but it's really fascinating if you're into that kind of stuff. Anyway, one of the stories that I was listening to this last week was um, now I'm going to forget the name of the vegetable. What's the vegetable? Oh. I was going to ask Brad, what's a vegetable? My mom always tried to convince me it was potato. Parsnip. There's a story called The Parsnip. And it has this, this section about these two brothers who were soldiers, and one of them was poor and one of them was rich. Well, a lot of stories start out that way in the Grimm's Free Tales. And you can imagine sort of how, how they'll end up. Well, the poor brother decides being a soldier is not lucrative. He's going to start farming. And he has he grows parsnips, and one of them grows and grows and grows and grows until it's the biggest parsnip anybody's ever seen. And he decides, what am I going to do with this parsnip? Because I could eat it, but I could just as easily eat the small parsnips, and you're going to taste the same. What does one do with a giant parsnip? Take and give it to the king, because it's something special. Gives it to the king. The king bestows wit or wealth and riches on him. The other brother gets mad and jealous and decides that he's going to... Um, that he's gonna going basically uh, best the brother and then kill him, which half the stories say that too. Somebody's gonna kill somebody anyway. So he sets his brother up with this this scheme, gets his brother to go with him. These these uh, uh, hired thugs come in on the second brother and and beat him up and wrap him in a trap and hang him in a tree. Okay, then. A scholar comes along, which is another standard character. A scholar comes along, and the brother in the tree it, it pokes a hole in it. Has poked a hole in the tree, so his head comes out. He says to the scholar, "Oh, you've come just in time for this. This um, uh, what is it called? The bag of knowledge or sack of knowledge? And I, you being in here, you learn so much. I've learned so much in here. I've learned more than any person has ever known. It's really overwhelming. It's an incredible way to learn." And the scholar, of course, wants to learn, so the scholar says, can I, have, can I go in there? And the brother, oh, I don't know, you know, it's really a lot of knowledge. And the scholar begs, and, and, and so the brother, who was the p- poorer parsnip growing brother, then says, okay, give me another hour, and then you can come in here. And um, finally, the, the scholar runs out of patience, and the brother says, now lower me down. Gets out of here, and the scholar goes to get in there, and he says, no, you have to get in head first. He sticks the scholar in head first and hangs him up in the tree and goes about his business. Goes about his way. The end. Uh, That's where the story ends. So what happened to the rich brother? Who knows? How long was the scholar up there? Who knows? Uh, What did going on his way until the end of his days? Who knows? The reason I tell you the story is actually a a number of the stories are like that, that they're really multiple pieces of stories or multiple stories that get put together for a reason. And when these stories are put together, they're put together to either talk about the benefit of hard work, the benefit of generosity, the sibling... Uh, honoring one's sibling, being uh, smarter than those who think themselves wise. I mean, there's lots of morals that you can get out of this story, but it's got these pieces. You're just kind of like, okay, the end. And the only way that you know the story's over is because the next story starts. Um, today's pericope text has that, has that sensibility, and it also has death, and it also has hemorrhaging, and it also has tax collector who's wealthy and and which is a dishonest profession. So a lot of similar details to these these this s- story of the parsnip. Everybody's going to go look it up. I hope eventually. Uh, is now by original I mean original translated into English. I don't actually read old German, so just. Or Middle German or any German. So, just so you know, you have to read it in English. But we've got the call of Matthew. Jesus goes to the tax collecting booth. Booth. Says, follow me, and Matthew does. Very simply. It's one of those pieces, one of those call pieces that doesn't have any other, doesn't have anybody arguing with him, doesn't have anybody identifying brothers, just any host. The end. Well, not the end, though. Because the next piece is he's hanging out with the tax collectors. He's eating him and his disciples are eating with the tax collectors and sinners. And who remembers why tax collectors are are... sinners? Right. They were working for the Romans. And their salary came from being able to collect more from their community then they had to turn in. That's how it worked. And so the more you could collect from from your community for the Romans and then send off whatever you had to to the Romans, the more you got. And the Pharisees are are here already saying, look at this guy. You think he's holy. Look, he's partying with these people. His disciples In what universe is that righteousness? Everybody knows it's, I mean, you don't have to be a Pharisee. Everybody knows it's not righteousness. Not because they're trying to convince Jesus, but they're trying to convince the disciples. They're trying to convince the community. They're trying to convince us. It's not okay what Jesus is doing here. This thing that isn't about the rules but is about love and mercy to those who don't deserve it, to those who don't deserve it. Because even we get hung up on this whole deserving thing in the story that I told you. Did the younger brother deserve what he got? Did did he deserve to get out of the bag at the end? Did he deserve riches? Who, Who knows? That story didn't tie together about who deserved what. Right? Nobody got their comeuppance, and who knows what happened to the scholar? These people don't deserve it. They're just hanging out with them. Just, um, you know, why am I going to hang out with, with people, people who are righteous when they're not the ones who need mercy? They're not the ones who need love. They're not the ones who need compassion. They're not the ones who need to be reminded that they are part of God's holy embrace. And then, then the Pharisee, uh, 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 Pharisee. Um, oh, a leader of the synagogue, sometimes a Pharisee, sometimes that means Pharisee, sometimes it doesn't, leader of the synagogue, come, my daughter's dead. Well, okay, so here's this leader of the synagogue concerned about his daughter. We don't care about daughters. We don't, you know, we don't care about women. And the fact that this, this man cares about his daughter who has died and wants to take Jesus' time for that He's okay, and so as Jesus is going, he's on this ministry, which is interrupted by this woman who's an outcast because she's been ritually unclean for 12 years. And she's just touch me, just touch me. That's it, that's it. All I need is you to touch me. And there are people who say, How, how dare you interrupt this service to this leader of the synagogue, daughter or not? How dare you interrupt? that with ministry to this other person. So this other person who's who's an outcast who you know probably deserves what she has. How dare you? And she said, but all what do I need all I need is for you to touch me. Because she gets it. She gets it. She gets. That she comes not to do for Jesus or to perform for Jesus or to demonstrate her righteousness, she comes knowing that she's there to receive God's love and that God's love through Jesus is enough. It's enough. Faith has made you well. Then Jesus goes on. And goes and and has the girl get up. The story is actually more elaborate in, in other gospels, but has the girl get up. Again, a girl not named here. But one can see this as Jesus is on his way to do ministry and then is interrupted by this other need. Or you can see the ministry of going to heal the daughter for the leader of the synagogue is is wrapped around this woman. That it's part of the embrace of the woman. And you can see this story of going to heal this woman and going going to heal the um, dead daughter and in the middle of that going to heal this woman as kind of moving on from the story of calling the disciples. Or you can see that as part of the continuation of this ministry. We are always trying to make separate spheres. Very common for humans. Now, I don't know if there are people that anybody would be scandalized if you ate with them, but there are places it would be a scandal for you to be seen. There are people that we think deserve healing more than others. Whether we say it or not. There are people that we spend more on. There are people who get better health care. There are people who don't get health care at all. There are people who die at higher rates because they belong to a different sphere, typically racial, economic. Sometimes it's geographical. Some other sphere that isn't as important as this daughter of the leader of the synagogue, or as whoever we think is most important. And we can see those as separate spheres, and we can continue to treat them as separate spheres. But if we see them as as these stories have wrapped around each other, they're all wrapped around the faith, the faith of this woman. Your faith has made you well. They're all wrapped around faith. So when we gather, gather here, or connect with other communities, or other races, or people of other political affiliations, or people of other sexual orientations, or people with other disabilities, or you name the category, that for some reason they're a separate group? People who, who worship like this? Right? Okay, I know that makes you uncomfortable. Everybody do this. seriously? hard, huh? Oh, some of you won't even do it, (laughs) because that's not us. And I don't know that you would would think that they were outside of God's grace. But if we think about the spheres as instead instead of being separate spheres, but these spheres that wrap around each other, that include us, they're all wrapped around faith. That is the thing that connects us. Faith that all it takes is Jesus. And in Hosea, God says, they'll come back to me. This is what's going to happen, and they're going to realize it's not the offerings. And Paul says in, in the letter to the Romans, it's not the rules, it's not the law. Even Abraham knew that. It's God's grace. It's God's grace that wraps around us. So I invite you to step outside your comfort zone Step outside your comfort zone in some way today, or if you don't have an opportunity today, this week. Do something in faith that is not your style. Do something in faith that is somebody else's style. Do something in faith that connects you experientially or personally with somebody else's experience of faith. Because it's that same grace that wraps bigger and bigger and collects us all in when we're hurting the most. Remember that circle.
2: Let us confess together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Trusting in God's abundant mercy, let us offer our prayers for a world in need. We pray, O God, for the church. Unite us with all on the margins that the whole world recognize that your mercy is greater than our human capacity to restrict it. God, in your mercy... We pray, O God, for creation. Tend forests and fields and safeguard all cattle, birds, and wild animals. Preserve lakes, rivers, oceans, and glaciers, and send rains to water the earth. Revive lands recovering from natural disasters. O God, in your mercy. We pray, O God, for the nations. Awaken in our leader's compassion for people who have too often felt forgotten or neglected. Especially vulnerable migrants, refugees, and people who identify as LBGTQ+. And inspire policy solutions that promote equality, equity, and inclusion. God in your mercy. We pray, O God, for all who are in need. Accompany anyone during chronic illness, any who suffer in secret, and those grieving grieving a loved one's death. Send healing for all who plead for relief from sickness or pain, especially those who live with chronic diseases. God, in your mercy. prayer. We pray, O God, for the eradication of racial hatred. On this week, when we commemorate the Emmanuel Nine, we implore you to cast out the demons of white supremacy that make us believe lives about ourselves and our neighbors. God, in your mercy, we give thanks, O God, for Barnabas and all the saints. Renew our faith that you can do what you have promised and raise us with all our beloved dead to new life. God, in your mercy, receive our our prayers and answer us, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC Food Pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things Lord, are remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Forever and ever. Amen. The God who calls across the cosmos and speaks in the smallest seed bless, keep, and sustain you now and to the end of the age.
2: Amen. Go in peace. Share the harvest. Thanks be to
0: God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.